the greatest declarations you can make. You can easily just repeat the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15.10. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Please look at your neighbor and tell him, this is the byproduct of amazing grace. Yeah. This is what grace does. This is what Jesus did. This is the blood of Jesus, the truth of Jesus, the love of Jesus. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, give it up for Jesus one more time just for his presence and his mercy. I'm so glad you're here. You may be seated. You may be seated. Once upon a time, there was a dinner party. Once upon a time, there was a dinner party. That dinner party took place right after a very powerful, supernatural encounter that the people of Judea, of Bethany, had with the power of God through the declarative presence and expression of Jesus Christ. Once upon a time, there was a dinner party. They gathered, John chapter 12. This is under the subject matter, terrific tension. Same series. If you have not been listening to our series, please listen to our podcast on Pray.com or Spotify, iTunes. The reason you should listen is because we've been covering for a number of weeks terrific tension moments between Jesus and not the bad guys, but Jesus and the people around him. Because you are who surrounds you. And on many occasions, you will have moments of what we deem as terrific tension. Some of the greatest truths ever expressed in the Bible in the New Testament, came about via the conduit of Jesus having a terrific tension moment with the people around him. Hence, today, John chapter 12, this is the dinner party. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary, somebody say Mary. Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard. And she anointed Jesus' feet, wiping his feet with her hair. Wow. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas, uh-oh, somebody say, but Judas. See, notice you got to juxtapose then Mary right here and then right here put but Judas. Here you have then Mary, but then you have a but Judas. Notice how it didn't say then Mary, then Judas. It said then Mary. <laughs> Injunction, junction, what's your function? But Judas, the disciple who would soon betray him, said that perfume is worth a year's wages. One year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. What a compassionate guy that guy was. And here's what the Bible says, not that he cared for the poor, he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, the ministry money, he often stole some for himself. So Jesus, he hears Judas say, no, don't waste your money on him for that. Jesus says, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. I want to speak to you briefly on the subject matter. Dinner party, who's at your table? Ask your neighbor who's at your table. 
Ask your other neighbor who will never invite you to their table. Ask them who's at your table. <laughs> the first point, if you're taking any notes, and good luck with that. It's the tension between tears and joy. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, who's at your table? So let's look at the table, the main characters. I want to break this down for you. I was, I, I was compelled to illustrate this. This represents life. The table is a metaphor. This illustration here, even in John chapter 12, it can serve as a prophetic metaphor, a vivid descriptor of what life is all about. To a great degree, let me lay out for you, for your prayerful deliberation and consideration, the following. This is you and your walk. You and I, we look just like this. And you may be saying, I look like a croissant? No. No, no. You look just like this. Let me explain. This is your life table. You always have to ask yourself, who's at your table? So I want to break down the characters here. Well, you are, you're Mary. You're Mary. And this is Mary. So today you're going to break expensive perfume and you're going to wipe the feet of Jesus with your hair. Thank you for volunteering. You're Mary. So uh, who's Lazarus here? You both can't be Lazarus. Who's Lazarus here? No, no, you can't. You both. So which one is it? It's you? It's you. Oh, you're sure it's you? Okay. So you are, you're Judas. Okay, so you're? You are Judas. You say Judas. Yeah, I saw that. And you are Lazarus. And you are Peter. Not Peter, dude. Peter's not here. No, no. Okay, stop. Jesus. There's no Peter in the story. Oh. <laughs> Hold on. We, and we're streaming live. Hold on a second. To all of our friends and followers around the world, welcome to new season. Thank you for our dress rehearsal. Welcome live. We're now live. Here we go. We're going to illustrate a sermon today. And who are you? I'm Mary. Mary. <laughs> who are you? Judas. You are? Lazarus. <laughs> I used to be a teacher for five years in high school. I went through this a lot. Who are you? I'm Jesus. Yes. Are there any questions? <laughs> All right, true story. This morning I'm meeting with my staff and my production, my, my creative team. My media director looks at me and says, here's the cast. Pass Sam, you're your volunteers. You're going to have Mary and then you're going to have you're going to have Jesus and you're going to have Lazarus and, and Jeff, Pastor Jeff's going to be Judas. And then I looked at it and then I went, all right, what's the optic? The only white guy is the betrayer and the thief, right? I go, nope, flip the script. If you're going to have a black Jesus, you're going to have a white Lazarus. You're going to have a multi-ethnic diversity. Praise be the Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, glory to God. We're that kind of church. True story, this really happened. They were all there. So in your table, you're going to have the same identical characters. In my table, I must be cognizant of the fact and make room that this is my life. And in my life, I'm going to have the same identical realities. Let me explain. Right next to Jesus was whom? Lazarus. Lazarus wasn't just anyone. 
Lazarus wasn't even an acquaintance. Lazarus was Jesus' friend. In John chapter 11, we heard it. We preached the last two weeks. It, it was Lazarus in John 11 that, that Jesus cried for when he died. This is the man he prayed for. Of course, he resurrected and called him out of the tomb. But he cried for him. Stop for a moment. Lazarus wasn't just anyone. Matter of fact, we see Jesus weeping over Jerusalem and weeping over his buddy. So Lazarus is not just my disciple and my follower and my church member. This is his friend, arguably one of his closest friends, according to many theologians. His friend. And when he died, he cried for him. Stop. Who's at the table? Lazarus. The same person he cried for was now at his table. The same person he prayed for was now at his table. I'm here to tell you, in Jesus' name, make room at your table. You're going to get this. I need you to make, can, do you have enough faith to believe that you will pray with the people you pray for? Let me do it. Are you ready to celebrate with? The same people you cried for are the same people you're about to rejoice with. The same people you went to war for are the same people you're about to worship with. I don't know if you've been praying for someone. Have you been praying for someone? Have, have you cried for someone? Have you fought things for someone? That I need you to make room at your table. Because in Jesus... In Jesus' name, everyone's asking what's going to happen now after COVID. What's going to happen after COVID? What's happening after COVID? I'm going to tell you what's going to happen after COVID. You're about to sit at the table with the same people you've been praying for, the same people you've been crying for, the same people you've been going to war for. God has the power. Somebody say, God has the power to bring to your table the same people you prayed for and you cried for. You're about to worship God with the same people you went to war for. You're about to have dinner with the same people that were once wrapped up in the past. Wrapped up in drama. Wrapped up in shame. You're about to come to church. Somebody say, you're about to come to church. I'm even going to go deeper. You're about to have communion with the people you once cried for. If you believe that, give God the biggest shout of, I know it's going to happen. Anybody here ready to see your family saved? Anybody here ready to see your children and your children saved? Anybody here ready to see your loved ones saved? How many believe in 2022 you will actually worship with and praise with? And you're going to have a Starbucks with the same people you've been crying for and praying for. Acts 11:14. He will tell you and everyone in your household how they can be saved through Christ. Acts 11:14. Everyone means everyone. I love this. Who was at the table? The miracle, the answered prayer. In your life, you will have your miracle in your answered prayer. You will see it. It will be your testimony. And you'll have it with you. In your life table, I have a miracle in an answered prayer. How many already have a viable, verifiable miracle that you can't deny? Anybody here can actually say, hey, preacher man, no joke. There's something that God did in my life that is so real. That it wasn't man and it wasn't me, it was God. R raise both hands. 
How many served in your serving God and you even have seen God do things in your life that you haven't told other people because if you tell them, they're going to think you're crazy. That you know that you know that it was only God, that it was supernatural. But if other people would hear it that don't believe, they're going to think you're cuckoo for Cocoa Puff and put you away in a paddy wagon. But how many of you can't deny that God showed up when other people did not show up? How many of you cannot deny that the power of God intervened? You're going to be seated with your miracle at your table. But Lazarus wasn't the only one at the table. Then we have a Mary. Somebody say Mary. Oh, Mary, 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 Mary. The tension between honor and betrayal, worship and disruption. Mary, she came to honor to worship Jesus. And it was customary, by the way, I want to put this in historical context. It was customary to wash the feet and anoint the head of the guest in your house. So that wasn't done exclusively for Jesus. No, that was customary. But Mary goes way above and beyond. John says she anointed Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. That was above and beyond. The apostle Paul writing in 1 Corinthians eleven fifteen says that the woman's hair is her what? Her honor. I want you to put this in perspective. She did not, you just, she did not just praise. She worshiped and the highest form of worship would be honor. She went, no, no, no. You can praise anything, but you only worship God. And she worshiped and she worked and she took out perfume. Not just any perfume, but expensive perfume. And I mean expensive. There are perfumes right now out in the market. We have Mr. Joe Malone. Violet and Amber, $300. We have Versace. Oh, Versace. $330. Hold on, slow down a little bit. $845, slow down, I want to pronounce this. For Maison Francis Kirkigens. We'll do it one more time. Masson Francois. For 845 bucks, you buy a perfume you can't even pronounce. Then we have Shalini, which is 2.2 ounces for $3,000. Man. Then we have Roja for $3,500. Look at that. Then we have Herod's 20. Watch this, $24,000 for a couple ounces, $24,000 bucks, yeah. All the millennials go like, this was your jam, man. Anybody over 50? That's the classic, baby. True story. One-year salary. Okay. Right after COVID, this is the new determination. So right now, the average income in America, post-COVID, with inflation numbers included, is $62,000 per person. $62,000. She spent the equivalent of today's money would be $62,000 for a bottle of perfume that she anointed his feet with. No, no, stop. She gave him everything she had. She gave him everything she had. 
62, her entire year's salary on a bottle of perfume, and she pours it out. How much did your worship cost you? How much does your honor cost you? Cheap perfume goes away after two or three hours. Acts will destroy your skin. But the expensive content will last all day. Religious experiences go away. But a relational encounter with the risen Christ will last forever. We don't need any more axe-wearing brute 33 believers. We need the kind of believers that carry the kind of anointing that will last through the storm and last through the rain and last through the desert and last through the battle. Is there anyone here who still smells like you're saved? Is there anyone here? Is there anyone here who still shines like the glory of God has risen upon you? And even though he saved you two years ago or four years ago, some of you have been saved for 10 years. How many of you have been saved for 20 years? Some of you have been saved for 30 years. I'm not even going to ask. Some, I know there's a lady in this place over 80 years of age who has been saved for over 60 five years and why do you still come to God's house and why are you still in love with Jesus because you didn't get axe or brute 33 you were saved by the grace of almighty God and your worship your worship your worship your worship here it is second Samuel 24 24 I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord that cost me nothing you gave God your worst when you first encountered him, your sins, your past. Now it's time to give him your best, your honor, your worship, and your praise. Romans 12.1. Beloved friends, what should be your proper reason to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifice, to live in holiness, experiencing all the delights of his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. You are that perfume. You give God your all. Don't give God the cheap stuff. Give him your everything. Stop giving God a Sunday for an hour and a half and whine about him Monday through Saturday. Don't, don't give God just a portion of your life. Don't give God a religious sort of sentiment. Don't give him the cheap stuff. This woman gave him what? She gave him everything she had. Stop for a second. She gave him everything she had. And Judas, somebody say, but Judas. And I'm going to say this one more time. At your table, you have a Lazarus, you have a Mary. You have your miracle and your worship. Your life will be filled of your answered prayer and your worship. Your promise and your praise are together. Your healing and your honor are together. But Judas, Judas, Judas said, no, no, don't spend $62,418 on that guy. Give it to the poor. No. He opened up his mouth the moment she saw her worship and her honor. What's the last time your worship was so powerful that it provoked the haters and the lies around you to speak up? I want you to know that some people will never understand your worship. 
Some people will never comprehend your praise. Some people will never get why you pray the way you pray and you praise the way you praise, why you live the way you live, why you give the way you give. They don't get it. Some people will never understand you. If you live the kind of life where people will never question why you do the what you do and why you live the way you live and why you praise the way you praise, then you may not be living in the fullness of what God ordained you to live. Because the moment you live, and I'm not telling you to be weird, I am telling you to be wired. What does that mean? She did not come down. She did not say, by the way, I'm going to do this privately. She did not say when everybody else leaves, I'm going to do it. She had Lazarus there. She had the disciples there. People were in that place at the, right there in that house. A limited, but she said, even though I'm in public, I could do this privately. But right here, right now, I don't care who criticizes me. I'm going to give you everything I got because you are worthy. Because you are worthy. We need people to rise up privately and publicly. The moment he, she did that, he came along and said, no, no. What provoked her? What prompted her to pour out an entire year's salary of perfume? What prompted her? What did Jesus do for her? What did he do for her? What, what prayer did, he, what, did God answer for her? Yeah, if, if Jesus would get your brother out of the tomb, would you praise him that way? Would you worship him that way? If Jesus would get your sister out of the tomb, would you worship him that way? Would you honor him that way? So I need you to get ready. If Jesus would get your family members out of addiction, would you worship him that way? Would you honor him that way? You're not getting that. I need you to get ready. Tell your neighbor, get ready. I need you to tell your neighbor what Jesus did for her. He's about to do for you. I need you to get ready. Your brother is coming out of the tomb. Your sister is coming out of your tomb. Your husband is coming out of his tomb. Your wife is coming out of her tomb. Your children and your children's children, they are coming out of the tomb. The same Jesus that did it for Mary is the same Jesus that will do it for you. If you believe that, worship him the way that Mary worshiped him. Somebody lift up your hands. Give them glory and give them honor the way that Mary gave them glory and honor. How many believe with me that the people you love are about to come out of the tomb? Oh, y'all don't believe it. How many truly believe that we're about to see people come out of the tomb just like it took place with Lazarus? The tomb of sin and depression and fear and anxiety and addiction. If you truly believe that, lift up your hands. If you believe God's about to call the people you love out of their tombs, raise both hands. If you believe the same God that did it before is the same God that never changes and he will do it again, raise both hands and a foot. And if you are committed to giving him glory, to worshiping him, to honoring him with unbridled worship and honor just like Mary did, even if you're criticized, if you're willing to live the rest of your life with a testimony telling everybody, not look what the devil did, but look what the Lord has done. Is there anybody here who can say, look what the Lord. Is there anybody in Sacramento, California, who can actually say, look what the Lord has done. Somebody worship like God did something amazing in your life. Honor him. Worship him. Praise him. Glorify him. Magnify him. Lift him up. Somebody say, look what the Lord has done.
Tell your neighbor, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. All the Marys in the house, worship him. Lift up your hands. We're done. We're done. Lift up your hands. We are done. We are done. There it is. Ah, stand with me. You are standing. Those that are not standing. Jesus. He, oh. If God takes your brother out of a tomb, how would you respond? Get ready. I'm telling you to get your best perfume. I don't mean you don't have to go to Neiman Marcus or Nordstrom. Your life expression, your testimony. Not just publicly, by the way, you're private. What you do in private is always more important than what you do publicly. What you do when no one is watching, and by the way, to think no one is watching. <laughs> oh, it's either God or big tech. Someone is watching. So help me. It's everything. There's no privacy. Get over yourself. Really. Live your private life in such a way that even when you're alone with him, you just go, I don't deserve to be here. You took the people around my life out of the tombs, but you took me out. And I'm going to give you my best. I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to give you leftovers. I'm not going to give you my after, I'm not, I'm not going to wake up in the morning and look at, look at my Instagram account and, and Facebook and Twitter and my texts and go through my agenda for the day. And then when I have time, pray. I'm, you're not my afterthought. I wake up in the morning thinking about you. I go to sleep thinking about you. There are people that don't get up in the morning. So I get up every morning and go, thank you for life. Thank you for another day to shine you and to praise you, to preach you, to live you, to occupy your promises. If you're getting this, raise your hand. Your brother's coming out. Your sister's coming out. Your husband's coming out. Your wife is coming out. Your children are coming out. Can we declare it? Your generation is coming out. Can I say one thing? California is coming out of her tomb in the name of Jesus. I'm going to do it one more time. You need to hear it. California is coming out of her tomb in the name of Jesus. This state will come out of her tomb because we still have Marys in California that know how to worship. We have Lazaruses who are living testimonies of look what the Lord has done. As you stand with me. But Judas didn't understand, Judas couldn't understand because he was a, not just a traitor. The Bible says he was a thief. He sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. In other words, to Judas, Jesus was worth 30 pieces of silver. To Mary of Bethany, Jesus was worth everything. How much is Jesus worth to you? Stop. Who's at the table? Your miracle and your answered prayer. Your life of worship and honor, not just any worship, unbridled, unparalleled, uncensored. The kind of worship that provokes every Judas around you to speak up. If your worship does not provoke the Judas around you to speak up, 
but I want to make you cognizant of the fact, I can't deny it, that at your table, unfortunately, but fortunately, and you'll understand in a minute, Judas will show up. Right next to your miracle, there will always be an attempt by the enemy to disrupt your miracle. Right next to your answered prayer, right next to your calling and your God-ordained purpose, there will be an attempt to disrupt. Literally, the Bible says he was a thief. Right next to your miracle and right next to your worship, there will be an attempt to steal your joy and steal your peace. The enemy's objective is to steal, to take away. He's a thief. He's a thief. John 10.10, the enemy came to, that's right. He's a thief. Judas had that spirit. Ah. Um, well, all right, stop. It's easy to preach about Judas as an external threat. I could easily stay here and say, Judas is a demonic external spirit, a principality, a power of darkness. Oh, glory be to God. True, but that's a small percentage. What? You know who the real Judas is? The stuff we don't talk about. Don't walk around acting like the people that betrayed you were your biggest betrayers. The number one Judas in your life are thoughts that betray you. Feelings that betray you. The number one Judas you have is not an external threat. It's an internal thought, a memory. It's a feeling in here. But praise to you. I have news for you. Praise be God. Not only is there a Mary and a Lazarus and a Judas, there's a Jesus at your table. There's, stand up, Jesus. There's a Jesus at your table. I said there's a Jesus at your table. Hey, Mary. Hey, Lazarus. Rejoice. Lift up your hands. There's a Jesus at your table. Don't let those thoughts betray you. Don't let that emotion, that feeling betray you. Are you less of a Christian because you fight with these thoughts? No, 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 no. I'm here to tell you in Jesus' name. Judas does not have the final word in your life. You, you, you hear me? Whatever has betrayed you in the past, be it internal or external, be it a thought or a person, a spirit, a personality, be it a scenario, be it a chapter, a season, a relationship, whatever has betrayed you, I have a word for you. You don't have to defend yourself. Stop. Stand up, Judas. Stand up. I want you to look at her and say, what are you doing? I'm going to tell you what she said to him. Are you ready? Come here. Come here, Mary. I'm going to stand up, Mary. I'm going to tell you what Mary said to him. Are you ready? Here's what Mary said to Judas. Here's what Mary said to Judas. Write it down. Write it down. Here's what she said to Judas. Nothing. She didn't need to. She didn't have to. He stood up, looked at him, and said, leave her alone. Oh, I don't know if you're getting this. The moment you worship in spirit and in truth, Jesus, look, Jesus looks at every devil against you and says, leave her, leave him, leave them. Are there any worshipers in the house here today? 
five your neighbor and just tell him, Jesus said, leave her alone. High five your other neighbor and say, Jesus said, leave him alone. Oh, you're not getting that right now. Leave him alone. Your worship provokes God to fight for you. Your worship provokes God to defend you. Your worship and your honor provokes God to stand up for you. With your hands raised. Jesus, she said nothing to Judas. Hey, stop. Don't waste your time speaking to Judas. Stop dealing with the stuff that came against you and start worshiping the one who died for you. We don't speak to Judas. We worship Jesus. We don't spend our time on the disruptor and the interrupter and the spirit that wants to rob our peace and our joy. We allocate our time in honoring the one who took us out of the tomb and the ones we love out of the tomb. If you got this, raise your hands. If you really got it, raise both hands. Ah. Unbridled worship will provoke an all-powerful God to tell every disruptive force that shows up in your life to steal your joy and peace and purpose to leave you alone. Don't touch her. This is what Jesus is saying. Don't occupy her space. Honor God and he will protect you. Honor God and he will cover you. Honor God and he will rebuke the devourer. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. Second Thessalonians 3. I'm going to repeat that one more time. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. Let me read it again. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. Oh, one more time, I promise. No more. Lift up both hands. Get ready to pray with the people you prayed for. Get ready to eat with the people you cried for. Get ready to celebrate with the people you fought for. In addition, get ready just like Mary Lazarus' sister to give God unprecedented, unbridled worship and honor. Finally, get ready to rebuke the thief Judas. Get ready for God to stand up and confront every betraying spirit that wants to disrupt your miracle and put a lid on your worship. Who's at your table? The miracle, the honor, and the power of Jesus to rebuke all things that desire to rob your joy and peace. In Jesus' name. If you got all of this, now give them the final shout of praise. Somebody give God a praise like Mary. Somebody worship like Mary. Honor like Mary. Celebrate like Mary. Somebody shout, leave her alone. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. If you got this word, if you really got it, raise one hand. Are you going to spend your time talking to Judas? No. All the haters, and I mean the internal thoughts and even the external. Some people will rise up. You can't deny it. There are some people in life that will come up to try to kill your God-ordained purpose and destiny. Some of them are spiritually motivated. Some of them are not. They're just narcissists. It is what it is, the nature of humankind. It, it, just, it is what it is. But you can't focus on that. 
You just can't. Don't waste your time. How am I going to defeat that guy? How am I going to defeat this? Even your thoughts, you take every thought into captivity. The Bible says renew your mind daily. Romans chapter 12, just take it, give it to God. Say these thoughts, that's not in alignment with God's purpose in my life. Hey, dumb thought. Just dumb thought. I speak the blood of Jesus, crazy thought. It really works. So the Holy Spirit says, you got the prescription, huh? And I love this. Don't even look at him. You get your hair with your honor, meaning the most you have, and boom. All you do is, I'm here to worship you and honor you. Not just because what you did for my loved ones, but you did for me. You're a non-factor. I know you're going to show up at my table, but when you do, he stands up. And he tells you to leave me alone. That's the message God gave me for you today.